Coming to you from Final Third Cigar and Whiskey Lounge in Ingalls, Indiana. Indiana's exclusive Aladino Cigar Lounge. It's the Final Third Podcast. Welcome back to the Final Third Podcast. Wow, yeah. We're, uh... Changing things up a little bit. We'll probably be releasing this on a different day coming up soon. So it's no longer going to be Final Third Friday. It's just the Final Third Podcast. Well, it's kind of nice. Like, we're uh, finally getting rid of all of the things that once held us back. Like the other podcast that we had a small <laughs> segment on. Nice. Um, nice. You know, and, and that is why it was Final Third Fridays. Yeah, it was. Uh, we, uh, we were making that segment for their Friday show, and... And we birthed the long-form podcast out of it, which is kind of cool. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm Rob. Yeah, oh, we never did introduction. We did I'm that. Isaiah. <laughs> yeah. And today we're going to be, uh, this is not going to actually be a pairing on the wall this week. Um, what we're going to try to start doing is having the pairing last for at least two to three weeks on the wall so that everyone gets a chance to try it because not everybody can come out here every week. Um, but what we're doing today is the is last year's it's a 2022 Las Calaveras uh, Robusto. Yeah. Um, this is a Nicaraguan Corojo over Nicaraguan binder and filler, and it's got about an extra year of age on it. The new Las Calaveras is coming out here very, very soon. I almost wanted to say they're going to be shipping maybe this week. So um, I, I we'll be getting the that Nashville in. shops already got them. Okay, so, so they're it might ready. be, it they're may be coming to today, which is we're waiting for UPS to show up today right now yeah. anyway. So Well, if uh, we get a good package, we'll have to do a live unboxing. We can. We can definitely <laughs> do that, yes. And uh, we're going to be um, drinking along with the Starlight Maple Finish that Dirk Fence from Indiana Bourbon um, picked. And um, this... This all the proceeds of everything he does goes directly to the end of watch program. Yeah, um, you're going to see a lot of that coming out um, going forward with us. We're starting to promote it on our on our website, um, on an email. We're going to be promoting it in here. We're going to be doing some collaborations with him. Um, it's it's just a program we really believe in. If you don't know what that is, it's giving money to families of falling officers. Mm-hmm. It's like what a t- terrible time of need. Um, and basically this money is just given to the family said, use it for what you need it for. If you need it, if you need it for a funeral cost, if you need it for paying bills, if you just need to go on vacation and get, get away, yeah. it's totally up to you. And a hundred percent of everything Dirk makes goes directly into the end of watch program. He makes nothing. And he himself is a police officer. So it's not like the guy's rolling in dough. No. Um, so I'm like, you know, we want to be a part of that. We are going to be more of a part of that. But so we thought we'd taste along and see how his palate was with the maple. Yeah. I, him and I's palates typically agree. He does lean spicy. Yeah. So uh, I don't think this one's going to be spicy. No, for I don't think so. No. But uh, it's probably a lot more balanced than most of the maples we've seen come out of Starlight. Yeah. I mean, the one we had was it last year. I mean, it was definitely, I mean, it was it almost was enough where you could sweet. pour it right over pancakes. Yeah. I it, mean, it was good, but it was definitely odd. Oh, I had something left over. What were you drinking? I was trying that hard true sweet mesh, right? Oh, okay. There you go, bud. Your tattoo finally looks like it's healing up, Rob. Yeah. I, I uh, scratched it yesterday and got a little blood going, but other than that, it's, it seems to be healing pretty good. I just, uh, this is. 
I guess, skincare talk with Isaiah and Rob. <laughs> I just uh, switched to Hustle Butter. Lotion. That's what I've been using. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, that's it smells what I, really good too. Don't I mean it's very, you got to be careful not using too much because it does get pretty yeah, shiny. It'll get you slimy. But, um, but it does work. That's what um, another. I guess we'll do another shout out. Might as well get get started drinking. Might as well. Jay McClure, my my tattoo artist, um, Will and Chris are the ones that actually introduced me to him, and um, that's who he told me to use was the Hustle Butter. He said he loves yeah. it. I actually used while I was healing. There's um there's a soap that's made by Hustle Butter as well, oh, I didn't see that. and you use that, and you just kind of in the shower, just use that instead, and it's really good for it. So, cool. and it actually healed up probably in half the time this time doing it. So, hey, we'll see. Half the time for you is like. Still two weeks, three weeks. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, okay, so that maple finish is mm. a lot more balanced. There's actual spice in the back end that makes it just not a sweet bomb. Yeah. And uh, th this is not something we have available at no. Third Cigar and Whiskey Lounge. So uh, don't come in looking for it. We're just... We're just drinking and smoking today, hanging out with you guys. Yeah, and the reason we wanted to bring it on today is because we really did want to. I mean, and we've had Dirk on here before, and you guys, you guys have met him on here. Um, you know, we we want to see because he's doing some other picks coming up here soon. He's the one that did our French Lick pick with us, um, but he's got some more picks coming. Unfortunately, you know, he had raised a lot of money, um, and. Uh, there was a, a lull in officers that had fallen, but in one week, three officers went down, and all that money was gone, and he's now behind again. So um, if you are interested in donating to um, the End of Watch program too, we are getting some stuff set up to where you can actually just scan on our email. If you get our email or if you see it on, on one of our posts coming up here soon, it's a QR code. You can scan it and we'll send money directly into um, the Indiana Bourbon um, Venmo page. But that goes 100% of that all goes directly to the end of watch. So, yeah. But yeah, so one of the things that he likes to do is, is he does a really nice job of these commemorative medals that go on bottles. And um, every one of them so far has been pretty top-notch. Well, and they're massive pieces of they are. metal. Um there and this one is for for the Officer Noah Foundation, and uh, it is. I mean, these are things that you could keep around forever, even once the bottle's gone. Yeah, um, there. It's kind of like a souvenir, um, a way to remember that bottle by. Yeah, it doesn't take up nearly as much space. It just gives you a little bit of something and kind of um, reminds you of how you help them and all, but also about the cause. So yeah. it is, it is a really cool, uh, really cool thing to see. I just lit up the, uh, Las Calaveras 2022 and it's fantastic. Quite a bit of baking spice. Um, I'd say closer to like, it's kind of like a bright cinnamon note in there. There's some, uh, wheat toast on the palate. Retro Hale's not, I'm not oh. detecting much spice right now. I've got a really, really clean palate this morning. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of notes. Morning. I mean, I'm getting um, I'm getting more like a buttered, buttered sourdough or wheat toast. Yeah. I mean, even the the butteriness is on the on the palate. Yeah. The retrohales get me that kind of spicy wheat going there too. Yeah. That's that's smoking well. Yeah. And I will tell you right now, this thing is like the perfect draw today. 
Yeah. I don't know if yours is. Yeah, mine's My, amazing. I love one that's a little bit more open um, that pretty much you don't have to fight. You don't have to double puff, triple puff to get it going. This is definitely going to be that one. I'm excited to get into this. I, I have not smoked one in a while. one from this year that I had, I wouldn't say draw issues with, but, you know, it just not my preference on draw was the, the, Toro. Uh, the Toro. Yeah. Granted, these are all made at the My Father factory, so yep. they are well-made cigars i think well the, the problem we had you and i both had with the toro was it's giant it's like 56 ring gauge i mean it's not I it's mean, not a traditional toro it's just it's too big for what and, we like and the thing is if i'm smoking a gordo i'm expecting to uh double puff it you just have to mm -hmm. um and that that toro just creeps up into that gordo territory and it, it'll have you doing that but you know it, it's okay uh, Man, I'll tell you what, with the whiskey, yeah, it definitely pulls a lot more of the maple and that butteriness I was getting earlier is the maple and butter kind yeah. of play nice together in it. There's a slight, uh, almost salty component when you put them together. It almost reminds me of salted butter. It's kind of that briny, that briny quality that you find in some scotches. Yeah. Um, I hate that. I hate to even say this. Say it. You know, you, you know how you get. Sometimes you get on the back of the teeth. You kind of hit, get a different kind of a hit of a flavor. Have you ever gotten that before? Mm -hmm. Amberana. No, I could see that. Oh my gosh! And I'm like, it's like that cinnamon quality. It was hitting me, and I'm like, oh god, please don't go that way. Please don't go that way. And actually, it's nice though. Yeah. It's nice. It's just, it's just more the the maple side of it mm -hmm. than the astringent nasty disgusting side yeah. of it yeah totally <laughs> um I, actually it's it's fantastic of course i don't have an issue with amberana like you do but i guess you yeah. don't entirely not entirely not um, when used in the right environment yeah when we were drinking cachaca last week you didn't have an issue with it um, yeah that was that was a good time going over and hanging out with colt and um, I am. I really enjoyed that Czech lager. I don't know yeah. how much you liked it, but yeah, man, it's good. Because um, I mean, at least in America, we think of lagers as being this light Budweisery type Ready beer. beer. Yeah, and that Czech lager is as dark as their porter, and I mean, it, it still had a light the, note to it. It oh, was kind of light, but it, it was has those mm. like bitter roasted malt qualities in there, and it's it's great. I'm also getting um, some cans? coffee in this. Not yet. Not Remember, that was what I was giving him oh, a hard yeah. time about. But he yeah, said yeah. it's going to be in cans probably this fall. It better be. Which, honestly, that would be that would be a great release for like a um, Oktoberfest. Yeah. It fits the model. Maybe it's not the style, but it definitely fits the palette of a fall beer. Yeah, I mean, it's not a fest beer. No. Um, but I would drink it. <laughs> oh, I'd drink it over most... Oh, the fest beers out yeah, there. Yeah, there's not a lot of clean fest beers. They did one last year, though, didn't they? They did. Yeah, that was one of the best Oktoberfest I think I've ever had. Well, and um, you heard him say it. There, he's going to be getting into a barley wine here, too, and I yeah. am super stoked about that. I, I love barley wines. I just the barley wine in the uh, red wine brandy barrel that we'll hopefully get for him. I don't think we're going to get that oh, because I got sad. notes from um, – from um alan saying that he bottled it the other day and he has to have the barrels for beer for within a couple of days of dumping it so gotcha. we're not gonna have those barrels in time 
if he was able to bottle it because they bottle in advance and then they have to wait for the stickers to get approved. So they bottle it so that once the stickers come in, they can just label it and go. Yeah. Um, but this one, I don't know. Honestly, I, I don't know the whole process of, of sticker approval. Um, but I would assume when you're if, it, if these do come out at Hazmat, that they might actually look at the bottle a little bit more, but I don't know. Maybe not. I, I don't know. I think it's a lot. So everything has to be approved by the TTB. And if that's a new label for them, then it definitely has to be approved. Um, it'd be one thing if they're, if it was another like Lee W. Sinclair that was coming out. You right. Know, you just throw the proof and the bottle count on there, whatever. You'll that's be true. Fine. I wonder if this is a brand new label or if it's one of their other labels huh because they've got different labels different brand names for different brandies like yeah. old clifty we got yeah that was one which that old complexity clifty. is the tequila yeah. one that so, old clifty i have been <laughs> i know i'm trying not to kill on, the dude. whole thing it's so good i'm like halfway down the bottle me too and that's like that's the quickest i've drank a bottle in a long long time yeah well, and then if you're looking up here too, if you're watching the video, I've got another bottle up here. It's a it's a Balcones, um, buddy of ours, Alan Hill. Shout, Shout out. out to him. He is a te Texas whiskey nut. Mm -hmm. I think I can clearly say that. He brings Lisa because Lisa loves Balcones, especially like the True Blue cast drink. Yeah. Um, he brings her samples all the time. He's always got new stuff from Balcones. Yeah, he does. Um, this is one that he brought specifically for me and you because he knows we like Pete. Yeah. This is a peated Texas single malt whiskey sitting at 118 proof. So we figured we'd get through all this and then go into this because this being peated, it's going to blow the palate. It's going to be a little aggressive. So, yeah. Especially being Texas. Yeah. And I love, I mean, this stuff looks like white motor oil, man. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. It's dark, dark. But I will say, that's pretty dark for Starlight. Yeah, uh, the beautiful thing about that, and a lot of their, uh, a lot of their honeys and their maple finishes will come off cloudy, but that one doesn't. No, so it, no, looks good. That would mean that they were a little bit more diligent about getting um, the stuff out of the, the barrel. filtration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which how does Starlight filter? I mean, do they just do a traditional filtering, or do they have any kind of? Special filtering that I they use? I don't think any of it's chill filtered. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, as far as I know, don't quote me on this. I haven't been down since they've got their new bottling line or anything like that. So I don't, I'm not exactly up to date on all their stuff. But in the past, what they had done is they had run it all through like a mesh screen just to catch barrel char. Sure. That was it. Okay. So, okay. This would be a good thing maybe to share with people that don't know. So, Chill filtering versus non-chill filtering. Um, you want to explain how that works? Because I'm pretty I would sure. Have to look it up. Because I think be chill. If I remember back from the the bourbon steward thing, I'm pretty sure um, chill filtering is you chill. Obviously, you chill it down, yeah. which gets everything to fall to the bottom. It does. And then you pour it off, and you leave a little bit in there. You leave the slurry at the bottom, and then you filter it through a screen. So you're getting that double filtration. Yeah. To where non-chilled. You're just running through a screen, yeah, I mean, and you're not letting you're any of those particulates get, out, yeah, particles out. Yeah, but you'll definitely see it on Starlight stuff. If you yeah. leave it in your glass, um, say a couple hours, 
you will see it get cloudy in the glass. Yeah. It, it's just how, how it goes. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, huh? Some and, people are put off on it because it can, if it sits in the glass too long, it can give you a little bit of a mouthfeel thing going. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with it. Actually, I mean, there's something right I'm with it. I'm talking like you left that glass four hours. Yeah. Know? Um, it, it will show, but the nice thing about that is, is you're not in the chill filtering process. A lot of what's coming out are those, those oils, which affects the mouth feel and a yeah. little bit of the flavor notes. And there's no right or wrong answer to it. It's all preference, but no, but if you look at a lot of bottles, a lot, the ones that are non chill filtering, they, they boast about it because they want you to know. We're not stripping the oils and all the good flavor out of it. Well, yeah. To where the chill filtering ones, it may say it on the bottle, but they're not making it prominent. Yeah, when I was uh, flying, I was looking for uh, the rare breed non-chill filtered, which is a travel only like exclusive. So they chill filter everything typically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but there's a uh, there's a travel there's a travel bottle that you can get that's non-chill filtered rare breed, and people rave about it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still rare breed, but it's just a different version, and uh, yeah. people love it. Well, I think that, I mean, we've had some. I mean, you remember that bottle that um, that um, Ray down at Rural Inn, shout out. Shout out Keep drinking. Um, you remember that bottle he had of um, Heaven's Door, the oily mess? Mm-hmm. It was aptly named. I mean, you could pour that up. You could do this to the glass, and it would hang on the glass until you were done drinking it. Yeah. It was so thick and heavy. Uh, and it was, was great. such a beautiful It was. Too. I'm still kicking myself in the ass for not buying one of those bottles. Yeah. Well, I mean, the hard part was is Heaven's Door was like – the Heaven's Door single barrels when that came out were really new to the market. Yeah, and, no one knew. And the thing is with them is Heaven's Door has – historically sourced from a place called Cascade Hollow, which is Dickel. Um, so, I which mean. Which is not a bad thing. No, but Dickel's for me are always a try before you buy. There's a lot that I'll try and I'll say, nah, that's not for me. There's a couple that I'll say, yeah, I can get down with that. So you tend to date around on the dickle a little bit before you pick one that you want to take suppose, home with you? Yeah, I, got I suppose you. I do. That's a good thing, man. I do be doing that. I do be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it, it was just one of those things. Nobody knew what was going on with them and if they were going to be good, and they came out at a price point where it wasn't really worth taking a chance on. Yeah, and I, I will say, you know, that there, I've got one in the back that's really good. That little mess was really good. I know Will's got two or three bottles. It's really good. Yeah. It's one of those brands that, you know, it's Bob Dylan's brand, or at least he has ownership somewhere in there. Yeah. And it, um, it's one of the celebrity brands that actually worked. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, uh, kind of like blackened with Metallica. It's not super great whiskey, but for the crowd that likes it, it's good. And actually the cigars that they came out with are pretty good. I've got Did some coming. I've got some coming in. Yeah. Um, I smoked one. I finally found some to be able to buy. I'm going to bring them in and see if people like them. It was actually a really good cigar. It was made by Drew Estate. Yeah, it's made And by usually Drew. when Drew Estate makes a product for somebody else that's not flavored, it's usually pretty good. Yeah. So so that will be one we'll be getting to. Which, speaking of which, the PCA show just got over. Yeah. And... Um, I've been, and it was funny because you and I talked a lot about this, and 
one of the things I was saying was it didn't seem like there was a lot of special new things coming out. Well, and I haven't heard of a lot of new brands this year. Not a lot of new brands either. And um, like um, some of the ones that... Like last year, there was a ton of new brands coming to market. There at, were. At PCA. Well, part of that was because um, year before last, the uh, they were trying to, or the FDA was trying to pass a law saying any new predicate, which basically that means, and I think I think I'm using it properly. Basically, that means that if you have a recipe for a cigar, yeah, a specific recipe, this is my blend down to the whatever, you had to register that with the FDA. And I'm what was sure happening was exactly. It's <laughs> like okay, if I if I and that's why I think a lot of these brands would just put like this one here. This yeah. says Nicaraguan Corojo over Nicaraguan and Nicaraguan. Yeah. That could be anything. Yeah. I mean, the only thing they have to do on there is a Nicaraguan Corojo. And like, you, yeah. yeah. And it's just funny. They don't have a clue what they're doing. They were trying to find a way to, to govern it. And um, I think a lot of those companies, the new the new brands were not coming out because they, they were, they were worried no. because all the big brands are going, well, shoot, if we're going to do this, we need to have a database of, of predicates and then we will rent those out to people to use for their brands. Another big money maker for the company. Well, then that got shut down by the the courts. And last year, a lot of those brands that were kind of in the waiting pattern, I think, jumped in and, and yeah. went ahead and started their brands. Whether they're doing well now or not, a lot of them I'm I seeing mean, it aren't flooded the market. And a lot of those have either died off or they can't get product because, you know, when the big dogs are making your cigars and the big dogs can't make enough cigars to sell. They're going to take care of themselves before they're yeah. going to take care of the other brands. Rightfully so. There you only have so much tobacco. There were a lot that came to the market. The only one that I still hear about is uh, West Tampa. Yeah, and I'm nothing against. I it they, didn't it didn't just jump out to me that, that came out that people went crazy. The for. red, the one that's just come out recently. Mm, was, I've heard people talk before, about the red before recently. They they have some. They have their version of like a lost and found sort of thing. Oh, okay. I didn't see and that. People were raving about that, but these are like they're typically aged cigars. So they're probably samples that they found in a factory that they're slapping their label on. It could be. Like, of course, they're going to be good. Limited edition, make yeah. it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you make it limited edition and people are going to buy it. They just. Well, and we tried move. samples of them. And again, no, no shade on them because, I mean, a lot of people are selling a of them and i'm going to give them another shot but the sample the two separate sample packs i got just weren't that great i mean the first one was really young i mean there was ammonia and all kinds of stuff so the second pack i got we were really kind of yeah. worried about smoking it for a while so we let it sit and we smoked them and i was like they were pretty good um so here but they didn't uh, the thing I was for me is like they didn't fill a new niche in in my humidor, and that's no. what I was worried about. I, was, I don't need a oh, yeah. I don't need a ton of different Connecticut's and a ton of different cigars that taste the same. Yeah. I need variety, which we'll get into more of that so, too. So the thing that I uh, kind of think happened with West Tampa, that guy came from uh, CAO. It Rodriguez. Yeah, it sounds like it was quite the exit that he made. Um, and I think the black is his version of the Amazon basin. It, I don't see it if that's the case. Oh, 
Amazon Basin is not that good. No, I'm not a big fan of it, but I feel like the Amazon Basin's got a little bit more complexity than the yeah, the but black. the construction of it, the the leaves that he's disclosed on it are exactly it be. what the basin says that it is. Could be. Um, so I'm not. Oh. Uh, this is cigar conspiracy. So welcome. Well, but it's fun. I think it's. I think it is legitimately his take on the basin, and it just is not the same. the The basin is really earthy. Yeah, it is. Really earthy. And the the black does the same thing. And uh, Rob and I will do an earthy cigar if it's got spice on the retrohale. Right. And neither of those do. It, it was like they were boutique cigars for the heritage cigar smoker. Yeah, um, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. And I've heard raving reviews about the red. I'll probably smoke it and try yeah, it. I mean, if, I'd love. I'm not sure if anybody around here sells West Tampa or not, but I'd like to try it. So I'll have to kind of check them out. Be shocked if um, Smoker's Choice didn't have them. But I don't think they, they haven't been expanding like they used to as much. Well, I don't think they have much room. No, they Drew don't. They don't. Keeps expanding their line and they carry everything from them. So, like, everything from the blackened would be there to. Uh, and Drew Estate just came out with a bunch of new cigars. Yeah, I don't know. I I can't remember. Them I don't the either. And I head. and I and can't they, get them they, anyway. They so. keep coming out with uh, new limited edition in the legal line, and it's like yeah, they're a Drew Diplomat shop, so they have to order them. So it's just like yeah, Drew takes up probably thirty percent of their humidor. Oh yeah. I, I say 30%. To you guys, if you haven't seen the humidor, that no. sounds like a small number. 30% is pretty high for <laughs> maybe 10, 10 at the most. It's just that one wall when you walk in. Yeah, but it's like two or three shelves. Yeah. And it's all true. But then you have the, you know, 2,000 two square foot room behind yeah, that. This is, true. <laughs> this is true. But it does take up a lot. It and I will say facing-wise, it's a lot of facings they have. I mean, they have every facing that... That they have at least what they can get so yeah well and um so some of the ones that i saw that are coming out that i'm excited about trying um and you guys all know you know at the end of the year we we were doing our predictions one of mine was we were going to see a onslaught of, of sumatra, sumatra and we have so much sumatra um, the one sumatra i'm super well a couple of sumatras i'm excited about because they're dark sumatras when i when i say i don't like sumatra typically it's the lighter sumatras um Aladino has a dark Sumatra coming out yeah. that's going to be similar to the um, the Corojo Reserva with a dark aged Sumatra wrapper on it. Yeah. I'm excited to try that one. Um, the new um, Las Calaveras yeah. has a dark Sumatra wrapper Sumatra. on it. Um, but then, you know, one thing I was excited about seeing too is the um, the Las Seis Provincias from um, Espinosa is coming in. They're... So if you ever tried that cigar, when they first came out, and every year they've done it, they've had these just elaborate boxes. Yeah. And, like, the first one was, like, a, gla a stained glass case with 10 cigars in coffins. And they were, like, 28 bucks a piece or something like that. This one I've seen, and I, I, and I haven't seen the pricing for sure, but what I was told, it looks like this one's going to be around that $20 mark. So yeah, it's actually each one of them have come down. Now, it's a very aged cigar. Made with a, made by They're AJ. Really good. Um, they, I'm excited to get that one in. Those are celebratory cigars. They are. And, uh, you know, if you're used to celebrating with a Davidoff, come in and try one of these. You'll yeah. save some money in, uh, on, 
honestly, if you're a full-bodied smoker, you'll like it better. Mm -hmm. um, no, I, I am really excited. Uh, all of the Sumatras makes me nervous, but it seems like Sumatra is filling the void of Mexican San Andreas. Yeah, because it's seems harder like to get. That's those cigars that they're putting Sumatra on are would be typical recipes for Mexican San Andreas. Well, I think the same thing about the Knuckle Sandwich Maduro. That's what I was going like, to say. It's just like that. If you didn't tell me, I would tell you Mexican San Andreas. Until you smoked the 55 and you're like, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, the 55 was San Andreas. It was. And it it's beautiful. It oh is. Oh, my gosh. But, but in the same right, the yeah. Knuckle Sandwich Maduro and the Dark Sumatra is beautiful as well. Oh, it is. In a different way. Um, so, you know, as much crap as I've given Sumatra, I'm I'm pretty excited to see some of these coming out with darker Sumatras to get a little bit more depth and, and flavor. So I'm really interested to try the Aladino Sumatra um, against the Lounge exclusive that we got. Me too. Yeah, because this one's gonna be gonna be darker than the Lounge exclusive. Yeah. So we'll I think see how the it Lounge is. exclusive was the one that you had brought back for me. It was. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It yeah. was one of them. And it. I mean, I still like the Lounge exclusive a lot. It's very good. It's very good. And a lot of that's because you got you got Habano and Corojo in the in the makeup of the cigar. Yeah which just gives it a lot of complexity. When you start, when you're using Sumatra, Habano, and Corojo together, it's just going to be a baking spice bomb yeah. um, of different types of spices. So, Which, if you don't know, that's all the way up my alley. Yes, that's, it is. That's my wheelhouse. Yeah, kind of like the Mil Diaz. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the Olmec. Uh, I love the foundation Olmec. And Rob was like, yeah, it reminded me of the Mil Diaz. And I was like, mm -hmm. well, that's why. <laughs> like. It, it's a good cigar. I will say the Olmec is uh, more consistent construction than the Mel DSR. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's not, foundation, though. It's foundation. Yeah. And foundation. Uh, of course, you also pay a little bit more. You do. But we do. Um, the draws on those are fantastic well, every single time. And if you've come in and smoked one of those Olmecs and it's something you'd like to see in here consistently, let me know because. You know, I, occasionally I'll get cigars like that in here that I'll buy a box or two yeah. and see how they go. But if, if I don't hear any feedback from people and it takes a couple months to sell a box, I'm probably not bringing it back. So, you know, let me know whenever you see something in there that you really like, just let me know so I can keep that in my mind when I'm ordering. Because yeah. I don't want to have something that's really good exit the humidor just because it took a, a little while for people to really realize how good it was mm -hmm. this right. cigar is smoking absolutely perfectly yeah mine's smoking a little bit faster than i me too yeah. me too i mean i'm yeah i'm almost down where you are uh yeah uh it's still staying in that same flavor realm i i, I think i'm entering the second third on it um the it, spice on the retro hill has kicked up it has substantially it, it's it's a brighter spice. It kind of reminds me more of a red pepper. It is. I, I'm getting almost, not quite cayenne, but leaning towards cayenne. And boy, it lingers in the nose. Yeah, it does. Hello. Yeah. Oh, that's um, good. That's so good. It's wonderful. These, so, uh, these 2022s, when they came out, they were good. Now that they've sat, they're awesome. They are. They're fantastic cigars. I, God, I'm holding out hope. That this is the year that Las Calaveras comes out and it is a bomb right off the start. Yeah. Because 
man, last couple of years it's, they've had to sit for a little while. I mean, that's hundred. That's hundred percent the reason why we still have some here in the humidor. Yeah, is because when people first smoked them, like eh, they're okay, and they moved on. It's like I'm almost thinking about this one here. I'm leaving them in the back for a little while before I even release them. But yeah, if people ask for them, we got to put them out. So, well, and, and the thing is with these is these are at the point right now where they are. Um, like special occasion cigar for me status. Absolutely. They're super complex, um, just beautiful draw. And I'll tell you, wherever you are, you know, in the country or, or even if you come in and hear whatever, this is the type of cigar that I would that I always end up buying a box and aging them. Yeah. Um, because this one's only gonna get better. Some of them are already aged out to the point where they're great to smoke now. Yeah, the twenty fifteen that we had smoked. Yes aged out yeah yeah but this one i mean i'll, I'll we'll let you know because uh, as soon as we get the other ones in we'll do a show with the, that one too um but if it's if it's anything like this year last year's um buy a box put them back because you're gonna have some special cigar you know down the road i've got a box pretty sure i, I think i might still have a box of lonsdales i put back i got a box of lonsdales in um my humidor but i've also got a, a pack of the uh sampler pack which has the only lancero and this year the um so they they release in the las calaveras a four-pack sampler they release in in bulk 20 count boxes all the um the three sizes which is a toro robusto and lonsdale usually um this year and last year the um the extra cigar in the sampler pack was lancero this year is a bellicoso yeah um so you're basically gonna get a torpedo version of a toro i'm assuming yeah um which honestly if you've ever had any of the the crowned heads um torpedoes they're fantastic yeah i mean oh and these will be made at the my father factory yeah oh even better yeah well not even better but my father makes a good torpedo as well it's a it's really interesting i just smoked one of the uh Four kicks, Kappa Especial, the or the Lanceros. Yeah, because I uh, was running Tetris in my humidor and realized I still had a box of those, and uh, I smoked one a couple days ago out in my backyard, and that thing is fantastic. It we is. Still have we some. still have some of those. I can't. I can't believe that. I know. Me too. We still have some of the Azul Oros too. Yeah. Which that one seemed to be one that was really sought after for a while, but now they're it was just it was there. really popular with a lot of people. Um, that one is not specifically in my wheelhouse. I just wish it had a little bit more spice. Yeah, but it's a super well made cigar. It leans earthy, um, but for people like Eric Jansen, shout out to him. Shout out, drink up. That's a that's their wheelhouse. That's what they love. Let's take a moment to hear from our partners. Is your closet starting to feel a little weak? You know, like shoddy fabrics, misshaped, tired designs? Then Seven Strong brand has exactly what you need to reinforce your look. We're talking a four-way stretch of polyester, cotton blend, silky smooth, breathable, and above all, true to fit while keeping its fit. No? Well, what about our hidden collar button with reinforced stretching? It's pretty strong. Or how about designs that'll get you a standing ovation no matter the occasion? 
happy hours to baby showers, the flight to date night, even from the shore to stepping out to the store. Seven Strong brand has button-down shirts that will transition you from one place to the next and make you stand out every single time. And for listening to our show, new customers get $5 off their first purchase with code Final third. Not to mention, all orders over $50 qualify for free shipping. And you know, just like any label on a bottle or cigar, these shirts are going to be a stamp of quality every time you wear them. So find your strength and style by checking out 7-strong.com, as well as following 7-strong brand on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our wonderful new table is brought to you by Deadwood Live. That's D-E-D, Wood Live. Go check them out on Facebook and see what Derek can do for you. From bars to tabletops to a giant podcast table, they specialize in making super high quality furniture from live edge woods and reused barrels. So reach out to them on Facebook and see what they can do for you. And I have been <coughs> in talks with um, Ivan, another one, shout out. Ivan is the, um, he is the rep for Placencia. Um, we're going to be getting an account set up with them here, here really soon. Yeah. I've been dragging my feet just cause I'm trying to make room for everything. Um, but he'll be on there. Actually, I'm, I've been dragging my feet cause we don't have room for more boxes really, but I'm thinking about going ahead and getting a couple more carts to have on the side here. Yeah. They make They're nice for just, you know, events, but also for spotlighting new stuff until I decide to go ahead and add shelves to the other side yeah. of the humidor. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it makes a really nice place for – it's eye-catching, especially something that rotates. When people walk in, they're like, oh, oh what's new? What's new? Yeah. Yep, yep. So anything new going on in the whiskey world this week? I have not seen anything. Well, I did go to um, the Penelope tasting mm-hmm. uh, at – Oh, you went to Park's place. Yeah, Parks Place. We had it done here the night before, too, and it was fantastic. Yeah, um, they've got a lot of good stuff coming out. The thing that surprised me was their uh, 100% rye toasted, (laughs) which should be hitting the market here sometime soon because I saw it already go up on some national pages. I got a little uh, insider on that one, too, buddy. Yeah, well, you'll have to share it with me. I'll I'll share it on the show. Sure, on the show. I don't think it's supposed to be hidden. Um, so, get uh, we got some shout outs. There's gonna be several shout outs going here. Garrett Lynette, shout out to Garrett. He's uh he's one of our semi regulars here. Yeah. He doesn't get in here as much as he used to. He's he's got a a little he baby a and he's got a job and all that stuff. But he introduced me to to Lori over at um, Market District and. Um, Market District, if you don't know, is a it's a place over in Carmel. It's a grocery kind of kind of like a Whole Foods. Yeah, um, massive. It actually has things. Oh man, it is it is awesome. I I told my wife I said we just gotta go over there and spend a few hours just buy a bunch of groceries. Well, and they stuff. have a lot of locally uh, locally done stuff. They do. Like, it, like especially in their sauce aisle, it almost feels like a farmers market stuff that you'd mm-hmm. be getting. And if you ever been to Jungle Gyms in Cincinnati, yeah, they have similar. every region of the world at Jungle Gyms. Now, they don't have every region of the world at Market District, but they will have areas that are like, this is from Chile, this is, you know, whatever else. They've got them all set up in there so you can see those, you know, those ethnic um, groups in there as well. But um, so 
I was in there talking to her, and and she she had some some issues with her humidor, so we were kind of working through that. And um, she said, "Yeah, I think she's been doing the barrel pick program with another guy for maybe less than a couple of years." And I think she said she, they've done like 170 picks. They do a lot. And um, she texted me after we did the Penelope, and she's like, uh, I told her, I'm like, yeah, we tasted a, uh, a, a toasted rye that was insanely good. And she's like, um, if you want in on the barrel pick, I'm doing a barrel pick of, a toast, of the toasted rye from Penelope. Uh, so it'll be towards the end of the year, maybe even the first quarter. But um, I told her we're in. Because yeah. it was it was good. If you've ever had any of Penelope's toasted barrels, um, a lot of their barrel picks of the toasted barrels are an insanely good. Um, the regular release one I thought was really good. It's it, it's it's what you would consider a regular release. It's really good. Yeah. But the barrel picks are always fantastic. And those ryes, oh my god, yeah. that rye was insanely good. So that will be something we're going to be doing with her That's hopefully a down the super road. Citrusy rye. Um, it was it. I'm pretty sure they got the barrels from the same place that uh, that Smoke Wagon did when they did their 100% rye release. Oh, which would be MGP. Yeah, makes sense. You know, makes sense. Um, it was a limited run of barrels that they did, um, and they basically did. It's a it's an all rye mash bill. A portion of the rye is malted. Though they didn't tell me that at the Penelope thing, there's it it costs way too much money to pitch enzymes yeah. to break it down. She did tell us, or they did tell us the makeup. They said it was um, it was thirty nine percent rye, ten percent malted rye, yeah. and the balance was corn. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. It was just it so. It wasn't. It was like forty nine percent rye, but ten percent of that was malted rye. I'm like, no, it's got to be more than that for it to be called a rye, though. I'm pretty sure. Maybe maybe it's fifty one percent was the rye. I thought she said thirty nine and ten on the rye. Yeah, that's that couldn't be. The yeah, case. that's true. It, it has to be. It has to be fifty one. So maybe I maybe I got the number. Maybe it was forty one and ten, and then thirty nine or whatever. 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 Yeah. But it was 10% malted rye, I'm pretty sure is what she said. Yeah. It, uh, either way, good. it was a really citrusy rye. It, it was. Uh, it almost reminded me of like a lemon-flavored marshmallow or something. What are you looking at? I was just looking to see if there's anything coming out from cigars and oh, whiskey. Okay. But I, I'm just not seeing a whole lot really that is in the news right now for uh, cigars or whiskey. Yeah, there's really not a whole lot. This week I had my uh, – well, this past week – I had my second carpal tunnel surgery. Oh, nice. And uh, it, they did this one at a surgery center. Same doctor, same surgeon. Um, but the thing that changed was that the nerve blocker went in and missed my nerve. Oh, nice. So, so you felt it when you started working on it? My skin was numb, uh -huh. but everything inside was bad. Mm. And uh, oh, my gosh. I have never felt pain like that in my entire life. But literally on the inside of your hand, feeling the knife, the scalpel, whatever it was, cutting the tissue. Oh. Dude. Like, I was sitting there just like, 
trying to do rhythmic breathing, like figure it out, work through it. And yeah. <laughs> Dr. Crosby was like, you can feel all this, can't you? I said, yeah, man. He said, mm. okay, well, we're, we got to keep going. I was like, can you numb me? He said, no, you're bleeding too much. Like, it's not going to go anywhere. He oh, said, uh, man. Your nerve was a half inch off from where it should be. Oh, wow. And I was just like, oh, okay. Great. He got halfway through cutting it on the inside, and uh, he was like, do you need me to stop? I said, Crosby, you just got to get out of there. Yeah, like, go, go, go. Like, be quick about it, cut it, and sew me up. Like, I'm about to pass out. Oh, wow. It sucked. But the healing on this hand has been a lot better. There's a lot less bruising than the last one. My last hand was, like, purple, purple. But Maybe he was a little bit more one. careful knowing how you felt everything, too. <laughs> Honestly, could have been. Um, yeah. It, uh, the other thing I did was I, made, I tried to make sure to uh, use my hand less give it a break um, yeah and make sure it wasn't as inflamed as my left hand was but i am left hand dominant so my left hand was my first surgery the right was my second so i know when i had uh, all the surgeries on all eight of my ten fingers um i the weirdest thing is like you know numbing never was an issue for me i never really felt much but um you're, you're awake during it and the thing that was so weird to me was he hearing the cutting through the yes. tissue. It's like, yep. oh, that just kind of gives you the creeps. But Oh, it does. And, uh, uh, I mean, on the fully numb surgery, you just feel a bunch of weird pressures. and like. But this, it was the weirdest pain I've ever felt in my life. Yeah. Like, so I was talking with somebody. They're like, yeah, when it's a like a recognizable pain, you're able to work through it a lot better. But if it's like a new pain, yeah, it's it's a different story. But literally, they were running uh, all these tools inside the carpal tunnel in my hand, which is um, basically a tunnel of skin that protects a nerve. Um, there, it's a tunnel of tissue that protects the nerve. And uh, they basically have to run a scope. There's a knife that goes in there, and one other tool. So it's like three different things being shoved through there. And it just in the tips of my like middle finger pointer and thumb, it just was screaming at me <laughs> just because everything was running up against that nerve. And oh, my goodness, I uh, just preparing you for marriage. OK. OK. <laughs> He's going to be able to deal with the pain, buddy. Yeah. Work through it. Yeah. Work through it. I thought you were commenting on something else. No, no. Okay. No. Yeah, no, whatever. No, um, no, not at all. Not at all. Not Rob. No. God, um, I only talk wholesome. I only talk wholesome. Very wholesome. Very wholesome. Yes. Um, yeah. It, I am so glad it was done. I was basically 20 minutes in and out of the of the operating room and. uh yeah, I mean, well, good. glad to have it done. Glad to finally be on the mend and have my hands back. But this weekend, I'm playing a conference at a local church. Oh, lovely. And uh, I can play guitar right now. Like, my hands aren't that bad. I just can't use pressure in my, in my right hand, which you don't really need. Um, and that's been, that's been another, that's been another thing. I, all of these, uh, 
all the people that I'm on this team with, other than Victoria, which Victoria is on the team, that's my fiance, um, mildly insufferable. Oh, yeah? <laughs> nice. Get over it, Isaiah. It's just, uh, it's just a bunch of, well, in uh, Nashville, it was funny go going to school there. You'd have all these people that would come from small towns just absolutely thinking they were hot stuff. Like, I am sure that you are the best musician in nowhere land, Cornfield, Ohio. Like, I'm sure of that. Yeah. But you come to Nashville and you're nobody. <laughs> you are nobody. Nobody. But it's like that uh, giant fish in a small pond mentality that every single one of these guys has. And it drives me insane. Mm -hmm. um, it's just like, you're from Pendleton. Like, dude, you live in Anderson. Of course you're the best musician there. <laughs> like, I don't, uh -huh. I don't get it. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. By the way, we were talking about legs a minute ago. This has it too. Yeah, the whiskey, that is. Yes, the whiskey. Um, it is just hanging on the glass. The viscosity in this stuff is amazing. Yeah. And we did get the uh, Starlight Rum, uh, the bourbon rum finish. Yeah, I haven't I haven't tried that batched <coughs> one yet. How is it? <coughs> Have you had the rum finish? Yeah. Yeah, I've had a bunch <coughs> of single barrels, but I've never had a batched one. Um, and actually, I prefer the rum finished rise, but that's this, just me across the board. This one um, was light. Yeah. It's a very light. You know, I think the last rum finish I had was a lot darker in color, and this was very light. It almost leans towards, it. yeah, it leans towards a um, either an Irish or a Scotch to me on the, the lightness of the flavor and the color and all that, too. So what we're talking about, it's, um, it's the newest release from Starlight. They... They've had their typical standard releases for a while. This one came to market, and it's um, it's just a straight bourbon finished in rum casks. Was it like 106 proof? 103 proof, 103 four and a proof. half years. Um, it's a uh, – yeah. It, so they do these batched releases of their finishes occasionally, and I, I think it might just be when they have a surplus of stuff. I, yeah. I already finished the uh, bourbon and maple, so I'm switching over to this bourbon and rum from Starlight. I'm just going to give it a shot. Yeah. I guess I'll try it on camera. Yeah. I won't be able to see that yeah. on a bottle. But. Well, and a couple of things I have on the table, just, just to remind you guys, you know, I will tell you right now, summer is a great time, and I'm not just trying to sell stuff here, but... Summer's a great time to get a humidor and get it acclimated because humidity's up, at least in our area. Humidity's yeah. up. Um, it's easier to get your humidor acclimated for the winter. Um, if you're looking for a good humidor, we still have all the Claros here. Um, I still think it's one of the best, if not the best, wooden humidor out there that has the glass top on it because it actually seals nicely. It does a great job. Um, but we have this size. That's that's a leather cover on it. We've got it with wood cover, and then we also have the bigger one too. Um, but it is a really good time if you or if you just know of a humidor you're looking for out there. You just waited for a while. Get it now. Get it ready to go because we're in July. 
we don't have that many months left until it's going to start getting cold again. Get it acclimated now because yeah. you really want that for the winter. Yeah. Um, so this this bourbon and rum finish is – it doesn't have – which typically the rum finishes don't. They don't have that those super dark – I would consider them like developed sugar notes, like your right. brown sugar or anything like that. It's definitely sweet. It leans into the vanilla, um, the vanilla territory, like yeah. a really floral vanilla. And um, it actually has some like barrel char note on the back end, which is really nice. Um, it's not something you typically get from Starlight. Right. Um, just because of the age of this stuff. But it does have quite a bit of, uh, I- I'm, I'm not going to say like oaky presence, but it is kind of that barrel spice note in there. And, uh, I feel like really it was nice. very nicely balanced. Um, it's not over rum. It's not over bourbon. It's just like there's a nice balance in there, um, which is what I always refer to when you get into scotches. Yeah. Or it's got a nice balance in there. And it's that's kind of really what it reminds me of. It's a finish on it, too. It is. Um, it, that, that barrel spice just hangs and hangs. Um, it's still hanging on for me. Well, and that one... Um, is, so that Ascot Award that's on there, is that just about the distillery or is that about? Yeah, that's, that's okay. uh, that Craft Distillery of the Year. That's, okay. That's Minnick's uh, yeah. award thing. Yeah, so if you don't know who Fred Minnick is, he's a guy that's developed a very big name for reviewing whiskeys, um, not only reviewing them, but also judging them and um, – He's got the Ascot Awards. The reason why it's Ascot Awards is because the dude wears Ascots all the time. Um, but he um, he had them as the craft distillery of the year. And when he does his – that's not just Indiana. That's the nation. And he yeah. does a really good job of that. And um, the one thing I do like about Minnick is I feel like he is one of the only guys out there that really does a lot of blinds and is just flat-out honest about them. Well, and the other thing that he is that sets him apart is he is le- a legitimate sommelier in many categories. Um, he got he learned um, to be a sommelier in the wine world, and has broken out from there. But they, he has a book that a whole book that he wrote on rum, uh, books that he's written on bourbon, uh, and he's not just your. His palate is all encompassing. He does not. Yeah. He doesn't really have one or one thing or the other that's like his um, his thing. You know, some of the YouTube people. Um, I'm thinking of like it's Bourbon Night. If it's not from Kentucky, they don't like it. Yeah, and uh, yeah. that's just how their palate is. Fred Minnick, that dude can drink a rum and tell you it's the best rum he's ever had in his life. And honestly, it'll probably be the best rum you've ever had in your life. Very much so. Yeah. Um, yeah. He could drink a wine. He tastes across all thing. categories. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's, it's really valuable to have in the bourbon space because a lot of people are just bourbon nerds with a lot of bottles and like that's, that's their credit. The only other person like that on the internet would be uh, Daniel from the Whiskey Tribe. Whiskey Tribe, yeah. Uh, and he is a legitimate whiskey sommelier. He teaches it. Yeah. He teaches you to be a whiskey sommelier too, which is kind of is pretty cool. And that's that was something we're talking about. Alan Hill, um, I'm gonna shout that boy out again because he invited me to go down to the Bastards Ball, which if you don't know what that is, 
So the Whiskey Tribe, they have a YouTube channel. Honestly, if you're a whiskey person, go watch it. They're entertaining, but people send them bottles, all kinds of crazy bottles, and they they talk about them. Yeah. And there are thousands and thousands of videos out there. That's one of their biggest things they do is the content. Well, and, and they um, were one of the people to start, like they were one of the first people to start promoting Starlight. They were, yes. Um, Daniel had got his hands on one of the Ted Huber single barrel bourbons, and he said, and basically what he said is they're doing something great. Like these are people to watch, and uh, this is a fantastic single barrel. Well, I was watch. I was watching through some videos a couple weeks ago, and um, you know, you all know we we did a Peach Street pick from Colorado, and. He he had done he, they had done one from I think it was Peach Street, and um, he was talking about how, and and this is something Isaiah and I have both said how Colorado is on the cusp of just blowing up because yeah. almost every distillery out in Colorado right now is making good stuff, well, and, and it's so much fun to see that and them to see that on their side of it for us to see it on our side of it and realize this is coming. And was excited to do a pick with them. They're too. making something unique in an old category. They're able to make really floral forward bourbons. Yeah. Whereas like in Indiana, we're able to make something that's pretty close to what Kentucky has. Right. In Texas, they're their own animal. Yeah. Um, but here it's like we're kind of playing catch up game with Kentucky. That's just how our climate works. That's the grains that we're sourcing. Like well, but not only that, the water, because, I mean, we have a limestone shelf that comes all the way up into central Indiana, yeah. which is what makes Kentucky whiskey taste the way it is. Supposedly. So, supposedly. Supposedly. I know. But, but I mean, you're talking about Colorado. You're talking about probably some of the freshest water in the world. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, think about <laughs> It's a whole different animal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's that, it's that water. That's what makes right. Coors amazing, it's Rob. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. It's it's it hydrates you when you drink Coors. Coors Light, man. It's like uh, Lacroix. It's amazing. <laughs> Lacroix with beer flavor. No, nah, but I, I mean seriously, Colorado is able to do something special just because of where they're at, the grains they can get, and the climate they've got. They across the board are making really floral stuff that like. You wouldn't get some of these floral notes in the typical sense if you weren't in like an Irish whiskey category or you weren't in a um, finished or flavored whiskey. Yeah. And, and it's really cool to see what they can do through that. And I'm excited. I, there's also distilleries out in Washington that are that are ones to watch out for. There's, uh, I think, Westward's out that way, and they're dealing in mostly single malts. And then you have Dry Fly in Spokane, Washington, and they just don't they don't give any cares about what category they're in. Um, they're just them. making hazmat high malt stuff, and they're also one to watch out for. God bless them. God bless them. Yeah, I mean, a lot of their single barrels are coming out hazmat or high 130s. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, and I know a lot of people, and we've had a lot of people coming here, and they get a little scared. You know, oh my God, that's 120 proof. You know what? Just just get it. And if you, I always tell people, at least try it neat. If you want to add water or ice to it, you can do that. It's not that hard to proof something down to where you where it's in your palate. Um, but don't 
don't miss out on some of the flavors you're going to get out of a, of a cast drink. That's one thing that Starlight does well. And actually, I know um, a Spirits of French Luck does well, too, is they'll enter the barrel a little bit lower proof. Yeah. And then they don't have to proof it down to get that bottle right there to 103 proof. Well, because it's it's coming in that range already. Yeah. So it, it hits the mid palate of people that don't want super high proof but want all the flavor. The other thing is, uh, so in the bourbon world, you're allowed to have your barrel entry proof as high as 125. For bourbon. For bourbon, yeah. And that, and that pulls out different tannins from the wood. Typically, it will come out a more tannic and more wood-heavy bourbon than something that's entering the barrel around 110, which is kind of a – like the 110, 115 was a standard for a really, really long time before um, they allowed people to go as high as 125. The the only other person that I know of entering the barrel on a mass market um, level at, at a lower entry proof is somebody like uh, Michter's. Okay. Like the Michter's American, the Michter's Rye, their Sour Mash are so um, complex. They have a great mouthfeel. All at that lower proof mark. Like I think they're around that 90 proof point. And it's because they're, they don't have to proof them down that far. Right. Yeah. Where, you know, the the other, on the flip side of this too, you know, us being proof whores. Um, you get somebody like uh, like Beam that's entering the barrel at 125. Yeah. And then you get Basil Hayden. Basil Hayden comes from there. So they're dropping all the way from 125 proof, to, which to, honestly, by the time it's aged, is probably like 128, 129 in their rick houses. Yep. They're dropping it all the way down to, to 80. 80. And it's just, I mean, it, it, it's exactly what it sounds like. They water it down. Now, is it good water? Sure. Yeah. And there's but you're a little still bit watering more science it down. to it than there just is. like measuring it out because you can actually shock a bourbon. Yeah, if you, uh, if you just introduce well, all the water at once, and that's the reason—that's one of the reasons why we're excited about you know expanding people's palates into brandy. Yeah, because brandy doesn't have those rules. Brandy can go in the barrel, whatever the heck it comes off the still, and um, that's why some of the stuff Alan's doing down there is entering the barrel at over 139 proof, and all it's got time is to go up from there. And um, I like that. I like the fact that there's there's categories you can do that. I feel like that's going to be one of the categories, which I'm going to try my hardest. I know you are. I know um, Dirk is going to be pushing really hard to get people to try brandy because that that's the next category I think is going to blow up, or at least yeah, it I should. Mean, everybody says tequila mezcal is like the next big thing. They've it's been, been the next big thing for a long, 25 long time. 25 years at yeah. least, yeah. And you know what? Nothing wrong with that. Uh-uh. It's good stuff. I don't drink a lot of it because I just <laughs> tequila doesn't like me. So well, tequila likes you a little. Well, bit too it likes much, me Rob. a little too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was talking with some people in a bourbon club, um, and they had just <sighs> recently picked a Starlight barrel, hmm. and they were telling me that it was five and a half years old. I said, "Well, how long did it have in the finishing barrel?" And they said, "A year." Are you counting that in towards its age? Yeah. And they said, yes. Yeah. And that's not the way you count it. So this is a PSA. A bourbon, a rye, a anything in the whiskey category, once it's put into a finishing barrel, 
does not count towards its age unless it's oak. <coughs> so like French oak, if you pulled a four and a half year bourbon to put it on French oak and uh, you threw it on French oak for another year, that'd be a five and a half year um, bourbon just because. So for example, this is a four year bourbon finished in maple barrels. So it was in the original barrels for four years. After that, who knows how long it was in the maple barrels? It could have been three months. That one over there is what, four and a half? Yeah. Four and a half. That's four and a half year um, bourbon and then added to the rum barrels. Yeah. And I think people do get get kind of screwed up on that because like, like um, brandy, you know, we had some of those brandies that were six years old in the barrel. Yeah. Well, Brandy doesn't have to go into a new oak barrel. Brandy can go right into whatever barrel yeah, was, you're finishing both in. Both of those brandies were in They were six and a half years, six, six and a half years old. And but that's the but that's they came off the still into those barrels and they've been sitting there for that long. Yeah. It's a different type of age statement with bourbon because there's rules on bourbon right now. Well the other thing is is on this uh bourbon finish and rum from Starlight, the high there could have been like five and a half year bourbon in there. But yeah. you have to state the lowest age on yeah. the label. Um, the nice thing is, is on bottles like uh, Remus Repeal Reserve, they will state the age of every single bourbon. Yeah. Now, if they were to do a single age statement, they'd have to take the age statement of the uh, lowest age bourbon, which I think last year was like six years. Which is kind of cool to see that some of them do. I mean, like, uh, Penelope does that with the architects. Yeah. Um, OKI does that with their releases. Yeah. They they will put down the actual percentages of all the different age statements on it, which is kind of cool because then you're saying, oh my God, there's there's some you know 12, 13 year old stuff in this. Now it may only be 20%, but they're blending it to a profile. Um, but again, if you have if you have two ounces of two-year-old product in there and you're putting an age statement it's two-year-old whiskey you know and what? it's not so that's why you're going to stop seeing a lot of the age statements posted on there and they're probably going to break more breakdowns i would assume yeah i mean I, I mean it definitely uh makes it really nice for the whiskey nerds mm -hmm. uh, and, and it's a big selling point even if you had one barrel in your bottle that was a 15-year mgp let's say it's two percent of that bottle you know what? People are going to read that and be like, huh, that's yeah. got 15-year-old whiskey yeah, in it. Yeah, it's got 15-year-old whiskey in it. Yep. The thing that shocked me about Penelope from that Penelope tasting was, and, and I asked him, I said, did you have anybody help you get into blending, <laughs> do anything like that? And no. no. Like, these guys are homegrown, never been in the spirits world and our blending fantastic step. I was messing with uh, one of the owners, the owner that came, and I said, My, uh, Mark. Mark. Mark or Mike? Mark. 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 Yeah. I said, hey, man, uh, you guys should help Ross and Squib on the next Repeal Reserve and blend something better than Remus Repeal Reserve 6. Yeah. And uh, the guy from Luxco overheard me, and he said, I will tell you, I, I don't even think um, whatever his name, who's the master blender over over uh, over that project, would tell you it was his best work. Yeah, but it, it was just what they had that year. Well, for those of you that considering do, the fact that they put out all the high age stuff in the Gatsby bottle right. that year and charged a lot more money for it, 
It's a marketing scheme. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Well, and something, too, for those of you that do know Penelope, um, again, Penelope is new to the state within the last month and a half. Um, but they've been they've got a little cult following all over the country in different states, especially in the bourbon clubs in Indiana yeah. right now. They're excited. Um, the cool thing about them is, you know, they got and if you don't know the story, they got bought they got bought back by MGP. Yeah. Again, amazing to me. But they're keeping everybody on from Penelope. So they're not changing anything. <laughs> well, the funny thing is is she she said, "Yeah, we're keeping everybody on." She said, "Now everybody was eighteen people. That's yeah. So all Which of Penelope was eighteen total that's people. Crazy to me. It was that amazing. They were hitting markets like they were with with eighteen people. Um, but good on good on MGP for saying, you know what, we're gonna keep every. You guys already did it well. Don't screw around with it. You guys keep doing it well. Yeah, so I mean, all the Penelope stuff's going to continue to be MGP great. MGP could say, hey, let's just keep, or, or, I guess, Luxco. Luxco, Luxco is yeah, now they, the overarching brand. But it, the, the overarch of Luxco is MGP. Um, Luxco is kind of the conglomerate. Uh, Luxco is the equivalent of like a Sazerac or a Campari group. Um, but they... Uh, they could have said, yeah, let's keep uh, the lady who was the rep and the two owners on board. And uh, uh, one of the owners and uh, the lady that's a rep, I'm sorry, I forget Wendy. her name. Wendy. Wendy, shout out. Wendy, Mike, and She is awesome. Love, loved all of them. Yeah. Wendy and Mike. Wendy just, I mean, or Mark. Mark yeah. killed it too, but Wendy was the face of the brand that night. She's awesome. And she's Love really Wendy. knowledgeable. She is. There's and actually, a- the reason why these two um, tastings happened in Indiana was because Will Breeden, another shout-out, which you need to get some whiskey, buddy. I'm switching to the balcony. All right. Um, Will, Will Breeden was on them pretty heavily, and dur- especially during the time when when Luxco bought well, back he, Penelope. He got it. He got on them before. Yes, it before it all happened. Kind of a damper on it. It kind of did because, you know, when they got bought, you know, of course, you know, MGP Luxco is going to come back and say, you know, oh, we got to have all these meetings. Well, so we had all these cancellations. Mm-hmm. I will tell you right now, I know Will was getting a little pissed off at the at that, and so was See, a lot of people. They made it right. But they did make it right. They brought out some special stuff for us to try. Did find out. I will tell you right now, guys, they, they brought out the um, – the Penelope Barrel Strength 15, the 14 we got on the shelf, they they say is the best barrel strength they've ever put out, period. Huh. And we've got like two and a half cases of it. So if you're looking for the, the, the best Penelope Barrel Strength, we've got a bunch of it here, and it is delicious. So what are you thinking of the Balcones? Dude, that is Pete? so peated. Oh, oh, yeah. My gosh, Rob. Um, I'll get into it in a minute. I want to savor that. That Starlight Maple is so good. I need a bottle of that Balcones. Yeah, you and I can kill it. Or yeah. we'll, we'll kill it on your bachelor party if you want to. Oh, whatever, yeah. Yeah, Isaiah's having uh, his wedding. Gosh, it's approaching fast, dude. I know. We're almost, uh, we're in mid-July, and you're getting yeah. married September? September 16th. Dang. Um, so it, I'm kind of in the heat of all of, the uh, 
details planning. Like you guys the, got everything out of out of her house yet? No, not yet. She's uh, mostly packed up, and uh, her house is being sold August fourth. Which our buddy Adam Fox shout out to Adam is he's a regular here. One of one of our probably other than a couple of other people probably in here more than anybody else yeah. here. He just bought. Um, Isaiah's fiance's house, or yeah, is in the process of buying it, I should say, has made the process so much easier. Like the fact that Ooh. she doesn't have to show the house, mm -hmm. um, any of that. Granted, we still would have got probably probably the same, or if not a little bit more money, if that was the case. But in the Maybe. midst of everything else. Adam has been an absolute gem to work with, and like he's so easygoing. I love him. Uh, I'm so appreciative of him for getting on the line and getting this house because it, it just simplifies a lot of stuff to not have to run back and forth through the realtor to say, "Oh, are they okay doing that?" It's like, well, we'll figure it out. Like, just text him. Like, he'll be fine. You know? Yeah. Um, and then have him have him or you relay the information to the realtor we're working through because we don't need a realtor on our end. Um, he definitely doesn't need one on his end, but we got a realtor on our end just because she's a friend of Victoria's, one, and two, it keeps us from having to be crazy with paperwork. Oh, yeah, let them do their job. Yeah. Um, it, genuinely, we could have saved money not doing it, but there is – so much paperwork oh. that she's dealing with on her end for this house and setting up a closing date and all the stuff that just makes it worth it, especially in the in the midst of planning a wedding, figuring all that out, trying to get her moved, everything. Um, it, it, I don't know. It's 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 the best case scenario that I could possibly imagine for this. So I'm sitting here and getting getting texts as we're going, trying to figure out who it was. So we're sitting here smoking the crowned heads, Las Calaveras. Yeah. And um, Dave Payne's texting me. He's got the the pie reds, pie synesthesia reds coming. We better be getting those in. So um, that he's texting me about those and wanting to I'm talk about some other stuff. I'm going to need a box of the reds. Yeah, I'll get some. Yeah, I'll get do. some. Because they'll come in 10-count boxes, I'm assuming, again. I still smoke the yellows. Um I've still got a box and a half. That's one of my favorite coffee cigars. When I have, and we still have them in stock here, which I'm I'm shocked at that one. Like when I have, oh, sorry, no, you're good. When I when I have uh, a morning just to work from home, my favorite thing is brewing a lot of coffee, taking a carafe of coffee in a mug outside, and uh, smoking a, a Pisanastasia and starting work like that. Yeah. Um, it is the most relaxing way to start your morning, whether you're off that day or you're working from home. Um, it's a fantastic cigar. And for me, it's not a cigar that I have to have food in my stomach to be able to um, get down like at 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. It's just uh, – it, it's light enough that uh, it's fine. I drink – a. I drink majority single origin light roast coffee. I'm a snob. Honestly, we could do a coffee episode if we wanted to sometime. We should. Um, well, 
I'll be getting the brick house stuff coming here soon. Yeah. Um, um so we'll we'll do that when we get the brick house coming in. Yeah. When and uh that that cigar is that in this Fumato in C major. So normally when I'm drinking coffee, depends on how much I'll brew, I'll sit there, smoke a Sfumato, and then follow it up with the Pice Anastasia. Sfumato is super creamy, super light, easy going. Um, the the, uh, the Pice Anastasia Yellow is it has a lot of those Connecticut qualities, a little bit heavier bodied on the palate, and just a tad bit of spice in the retro hail. And that one hangs with whatever coffee I throw it with. Um, it just depends on the day, what bag of coffee I've got. Because um, I typically enjoy lighter, fruitier, um, actually more acidic coffees. Um, Dude, if I was going straight off the nose on this Balcones, it's like LaFroy. I would say there's – nah, man. I'm not getting a massive hit of peat like I do on Lafroy. Are you serious? Not on the nose. It's like brown sugar Lafroig. <laughs> I'm definitely getting more of the brown sugar than I am the peat on the nose. Dude, on the palate, it has that slight brininess. It's got a lot of those dark, rich, developed oh. sugars. And then it then it is like Lafroig peat. It's it is. Not, uh, a lot of people that oh. do peat in the States, it just ends up being smoky, smoky. campfire. Yeah. This, this reminds me so much of Lafroig peat. Uh, Gosh, it really does. So did they did they do you know the story on this, Rob? Like, did they actually um buy peated barley for this or you have any so this clue? is actually so it says it's a uh, peated single malt whiskey distilled from Highland peated golden promise malted barley, and so they're using Highland peated. So it's actually not Isla, the heavy Isla, which almost reminds me of a heavier Isla. It reminds me of Isla, too. but it's um so it's the Highland peated. So they're using um, they're, they've got their their malted barley coming straight from from Scotland, which is the difference from what a lot of people are doing. They'll uh, they'll peat smoke it themselves, and the peat here is way different than the peat there. Um, if you're thinking, if you're trying to figure out pinpoint the peat on this, I would say like Lafroy Glore, um, or it's a very maybe, similar peat to the Talisker. Maybe like like Ardbeg too. Um, because Lafroig Talisker or Ardbeg isn't as it's not in your face or and that's what this is kind of hitting me too because I feel like Lafroig. I say astringent on that, not in a bad way. I'm a we love I Pete. Love Pete. We love Pete. Like I, you're, I'm. I think I'm with you on the Lafroig lore. Like Lafroig ten, it's just it's yeah, just yeah, a yeah. peat bomb, and which that's a good thing for us. Um. Talisker, you're right. It's a little bit on the. It's definitely got more of these notes. This one's got like a, like a honeycomb kind of thing going, it does. and um, baking spices are all in there. You're mm -hmm. still getting the the peat, the smoke. Oh yeah. But um, and that's one thing. I'm. I think I feel like, at least in America, and tell me some other brands when we get past this. But Balcones does a lot of single malts. They do. And single malts are becoming kind of the the big thing in America right now. A lot of people are starting to do more with single malts. 
Um, do you know, are there any big brands out there that do a lot of single malts? Um, Stranahan's is all single malts, okay. as far as I know. The other one would be like Westward. Um, but West, Westward. Okay. Um, and, and they're still they're still coming up. Uh, I don't it, think I've ever had anything from Westward. Uh, the thing is, is the American single malt is, I'm not sure the American single malt is a proper category quite yet. Not yet. Um, It'll have to be here soon because everyone's coming out with some. It will. Um, I, I think the thing that they excel at is the fact that everyone else is making a bourbon. And they're able to make something in the single malt category like this that is that is a single malt. And the crazy part about it is that it is so deep and rich and dark. You won't find a Laphroaig an Ardbeg or anything with those developed sugar notes. It, no. It's got to be the climate. It's got to be um, the barrels they're using that those are coming from. Like if this was made at Highland Park. It you, would be light. It'd be lighter than that. Light. That rum floral, over there. Yep. And it would still be good. But it's but not. you're talking about Texas heat versus pretty comfortable temperatures year round over in Scotland. Yeah. So uh, and, and high humidity and higher too. humidity. Yep, it's just it's amazing. Um, uh, what I love about Balconis is how experimental they're able to be. Yeah, um, it, and their their fan base feeds into that. They do, and that's beautiful. Uh, there's a lot of brands that are like, "Oh, we got to make this. This will sell." Balconis is like, "Oh, let's try it." Yeah. We'll put it out in the distillery only, and, like, if it doesn't sell, we won't do it again. If it does, like, do some more. Yeah. I'm and sure lot, this being single malt sourced from Scotland was not a cheap bottle. No. Um, I can't imagine so it. So shout out to Alan. You are a real one. This is amazing. It is. It's really good. Like, this is on the same level with Lafroig 10 cast strength for me right now. Honestly. Which is my favorite scotch. Yeah, I agree. Um, this is actually probably the first peated release of anything in, in America that I've tasted that I was, if I was drinking this, I'd say, oh, yeah, this has come from Scotland. Until I look at it and you're going, oh, my God, look at the how dark it is. Yeah, you, I mean, you, you would, would have to be wearing a blindfold to say this came You would from have Scotland. to. You'd have to. Just by, just because of the look. But, yeah, super good, man. Look at it hanging on the glass, too. That's good stuff. Thanks, Alan. Appreciate you, buddy. Yeah. Hmm? I, w I really wonder how long it was even in the barrel because, I mean, Texas heat will do that in, like, a year. <laughs> no doubt. I don't think it says. Um, 11, 22, 21 is all they got on the bottle. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but, okay. Couple oh, here we go. What you got? Aged at least 48 months in oak. So, so it's at least four years old. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and it four year old for motor oil. Let's go. Four year old motor oil. Gotta love it. So on on the merch we got on the table, um, the final third uh, barrel faced hats still available. They sold really well when we first got them. 
people still wear them. People still love them. Um, so come in. We're on, our third, we're on a third order of those already. Yeah. Uh, it's the summer. Wear that while you're out golfing. It'll, it'll keep the sun out of your face. Um, we got the fragrances from yeah. Jackie's Eye Can. And yeah. I've actually been wearing this one, the Hiker Trash. Yeah, that's the um, one, a newer one Lisa got. She's gotten them all in here. And, I mean, I will tell you right now, Lisa's done a hell of a job selling this stuff because we, we sold a ton of it. It's fantastic. And that that little bottle is going forever. Well, it's like, I don't know if, you ever, if, if, if you're a cologne guy or girl, for that matter. If you if you put like the cologne I, that I typically use during the day, it, you know, you have two or three little sprays and, and, and you're good to go. One drop of this stuff will last all freaking day. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, all, is, I, is all I do is fragrant. I put a little bit at my neck, a little bit on my wrist. and A little bit um, on your ball sack. No. No, you don't do that? Okay. No, that would probably burn. <laughs> um, That's true, because you manscape, so you're really shaving it down there. And yeah, Well, yeah. you know, it is the summer. It's the summer. It is I the am summer. getting married in September. You do not want to have uh, swamp balls in the summer. Swamp um, balls. Yeah. Sponsored by swamp balls. Swamp balls. Um, but seriously, the hiker trash is a great scent. It reminds me, uh, I mean, it legitimately is kind of like the smells of being uh, out West and hiking. Um, it's super good. Cut a little bit hippie. Like I think it's a oh, little yeah. bit of a hippie smell. I like it though. Rightfully so too. Cause it's not the, uh, a, a lot of the colognes you get are super like bright and cool smelling. Um, this is a little bit darker, a lot more natural smelling. I love yeah. it. The other thing are these Claro humidors. Yeah. Like Rob said, it's the season to get one. I know my house has been staying in the high 50s, around 60% humidity. It's just the summer. It's what you get. It, um, so it is, it is the time to get a humidor get it seasoned it's going to be a lot easier than if you're to do it in the winter yeah in the winter your house i had my house drop to uh man it was like 10 percent humidity in there at one point yeah and then i finally kicked on my whole house humidifier because you can't do that yeah you can't do that long term especially if you have as much wood in your house as i do um it is the season to get a humidor Come get one of these, season it. My recipe would be throw a Bovida 65% pack in it or, or just use the solution they've got. Yeah. And it will serve you well. Other thing that's nice about the summer is you can sit on the back porch and smoke your cigars with your friends or you're out there smoking some meats, which I know everybody's doing this summer. Oh, yeah. Smoke a cigar. It's a great excuse to babysit your pellet smoker. Yes. Um. You know, it doesn't really need babysat, but it'll get you out. It, it, I mean, it, it gives you an out from making all the sides. Yep. You know, you, oh, I got to spray the meat every 30 minutes, you know, so you smoke a cigar and Heck just yeah. wait on it. Heck yeah. Well, cool. Anything else we need to talk about today? I don't really think so. All right. I think that's it. Well, cool. Well, again, you can follow me on Instagram at Final Third Cigar. You can find me on Instagram at the Whiskey Pastor. So if you're um, again, if you're getting our emails or check out our social media, watch for the posts on um, the end of watch. Um, if if you if you believe in a lot of the things we believe in here, 
the one thing that we're trying to do here is is we're trying to make sure that the 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 dollars that we have that we're able to donate go to the causes that we believe in the most. This is one of them. You know, you got a lot of these um, young officers that are going out there every day. It is really young officers. Young, yeah, and it's like you know, officers also. It's like it's like teachers. You know, none of them make great money for what they're doing, and they they're going out every day to protect us. And every day they strap on, they're ready to go, and they're there's a chance they they're not coming back that day. This is a way to give back to to their families and thank them for honestly their sacrifice. Because I mean, that's it. Yeah. It it sucks. I would love to see us build you know hundreds of thousands of dollars in this fund, and it never gets used. That would yeah. be the win. But we're in a reality now where it's going to get used. It is. Um, so that's definitely something. We'll be talking more about that, too, down the road. So well, thanks a lot, guys. Um, if we do get a UPS package here in a minute, we might do a little uh, snippet here of a box opening. We'll see how it goes. But otherwise, we will see you next week. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.